fans. Welcome to Boom and Gloom, where we talk about the boom, the good, and the gloom, the bad, of Columbus Blue Jackets hockey. I am Anthony, also known as Whaler Jacket in the social media world, and I am Ohio's longest-suffering hockey fan. We may have some new listeners this week, so I will tell you the reason, as I do every few episodes, of why I do consider myself Ohio's longest-suffering hockey fan. Before I became a Jackets fan, I grew up in the state of Connecticut as a fan of the Hartford Whalers. That's where my name comes from, by the way. You know, first I was a Whaler fan, now I'm a Jackets fan, so I chose Whaler Jacket as my social media handle. So anyway, uh, I shifted my hockey allegiance from one team that won only one playoff series in its existence to another in the Blue Jackets. Plus, uh, I had my my favorite team taken from my home state, renamed, and moved to another state. So, while Jackets fans have suffered for the better part of 23 years, I have suffered for about 37. I want to give a quick shout-out to my mom, Anna. Last week, I gave a shout-out to my dad, who has become a listener of the show, that, that's dedication, by the way, because he is a Ranger fan and doesn't know all that much about the Blue Jackets. Well, last week I thanked him for uh, getting me into hockey at a young age, but he reminded me my mom had a big part of that too. So uh, she took me to a lot of practices when my dad could not. She bought me equipment and was always supportive. And heck, I even I even remember... One time in youth hockey when my dad couldn't make it to uh, our our team's father-son game due to a business trip, and my mom said she would step in and play. She never played hockey, was only a novice skater, but she was ready to jump in and make her son happy. Now, she didn't play in that game, but I know darn well she would have if I had asked. So, thanks, Mom. She's a Ranger fan, too, by the way. And this is, of course, a podcast about the Columbus Blue Jackets. But before we get into my Blue Jackets rantings and ravings today, I want to just touch on um, a, a kind of hot topic right now. As you're probably aware, there was a big issue with another Blue Jackets fan podcast recently. One of the, one of the bigger ones, actually. I'm not going to I'm not going to go into details, but I wanted to mention four things, especially if I have some new listeners today who are giving boom and gloom a shot. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Number one, this podcast will always be 100% family friendly. Okay, you you never have to worry about off color humor, adult oriented comments, or bad language. Number two. For the most part, everyone at some point in their lives, they say something they they don't mean and thoroughly regret. I can think of several examples right now off the top of my head. Things I have said and I regret. We are all human and make mistakes, sometimes terrible ones. And I think it's important that we learn from those mistakes. And it's also important 
at, at least in my opinion, that human beings give other human beings a, a chance to redeem themselves. Forgiveness can be hard sometimes, but, but it's, it's also, it is also very possible. So make your own decisions, form your own opinions, but that's just my take. Number three, kudos to all the CBJ fans out there who stepped up in light of all this and donated to Patrick Liney's foundation. Last I heard, over $10,000 in donations were made. And that just shows what the Blue Jackets community is all about. And, and good on, on Johnny Gaudreau for stepping up to take over the donations from Line A, uh, donating for every point. That is fantastic and heartwarming. So good on him. And number four, I saw several responses from people who they they made broad generalizations about fan base podcasts you know saying they're all stupid uh none are worthwhile you know people who who are doing them they're just looking for a cash grab or, or attention so i wanted to let everyone know why i disagree with that and what this podcast is all about. I live in Troy, Ohio. Not exactly a hockey hotbed. I, I play in an adult hockey league. And I work at the ice arena here in town. Hobart Arena. I work there part time. Even doing all that. I, I really have no one to talk hockey with. I mean, my, my brother and I talk occasionally, but, you know, really, I have, I have no one out here that I can talk hockey with. And I've, I've been around the game a long, long time. I feel I have a lot of hockey experience and knowledge to share as, as someone who plays, as someone who is coached, as someone who watches games religiously. As someone who works at an ice arena, and even even as someone who sharpens hockey skates out of his home, which which I do, I live and breathe hockey, and I just enjoy talking about it. That is why I do this podcast. I'm not looking for advertising revenue. I'm not hoping for a mass following. I think the most I ever had listened to an episode was twelve people. I think. And I think I've had as little as two. I'm not in this for fame and glory. All right. I just, I just enjoy talking hockey. It's fun. It's fun for me. And if there are a few people who enjoy listening, listening to me, what I have to say, or a couple of people willing to come on my show and talk with me, that makes me happy. So, I admit, I, I was a little offended by some of those negative comments I read about fan-based podcasts. There are several Blue Jackets-themed ones out there, and if they're anything like mine, we just love our team and enjoy talking about them. That's it. So the people out there that were making those negative comments, shame on you. I mean, we all have our hobbies. We all have the things we enjoy. I'm not going to 
knock you for for uh, collecting sports cards or sports mem- memorabilia, or if you are a collector of uh, uh, what what are those things? Uh, those Christmas Village things. My uncle used to collect those. It's a hobby. It's it's something we do for fun. That's it. So if you're listening to this, and oh, there goes my phone. So if you're listening to this and you and you want to come on as a guest sometime, contact me. If you're listening and and think I can be doing a better job, let me know. If you can do it respectfully, maybe even come on yourself and talk CBJ hockey with me, and hopefully. I can change your opinion about fan-based podcasts. Speaking of guests on my show, last week I had Mara at CBJ Fan 5477 and Mark at Mark Carell 2. I had them on as guests for the second time. They are awesome to talk to, by the way. My first guests, and so far my only guests, they, uh, they made things easy for this newbie podcaster. And I don't, I don't think I could have asked for better first-time guests. But anyway, our, our last episode was cut off. I still can't figure out why. The plan I purchased at my hosting site, Podbean, uh, gives me up to two hours for an episode. And it got cut off at less than an hour. So it wasn't the hosting site. So it must have been user error. So I'm still learning, gang. But uh, I wanted to summarize what was said that my listeners missed so what happened was i set up i set up this last question and uh it cut off right before i asked it and gave mark and mara a chance to respond so let me summarize this this is what this is what happened i wanted mark and mara to pretend we were on whatever nhl body decides on uh, rules and procedures for the league. I proposed a rule change, more like a tradition change, and wanted to know how they would vote. I proposed that the NHL change the playoff jersey format so that during the playoffs, and only during the playoffs, home teams wear white. Now, my reasons for this, okay? I'm 47. I have been watching hockey a long time, and yet I, I just cannot get used to the home team wearing dark jerseys to this day. The home team should wear white, in my opinion. But again, that, that, that's just me, traditionalist, been watching a long time. It is the basis for the whiteouts some teams have. And, you know, you know I get the marketing that... Uh, you know, third jerseys are dark, so you want the home fans to see them. So I get not reverting back to the old rule completely. But what about just for playoffs? Can we start that tradition? Both Mara and Mark voted no. They were not having my idea. They like things as they are. Now Mara, who's in her 20s, I believe, she's grown up watching the home teams wearing dark jerseys so I totally get where she's coming from that that's what she's used to I mean yeah I I get it seeing the home team in dark jerseys that's normal for her Mark was against it as well now he didn't think it was an awful 
like horrible idea, but just not one that he liked. So if we were the NHL rule change committee, that rule, that rule would not be changed. It would not have been approved. I was disappointed, but maybe I'm in the the minority on that one. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious what you think. So if if you're listening to this and you have an opinion on the matter, feel free to message me on Twitter and let me know your thoughts. I might mention you or or your comment in my next episode. So that was it. That was that's what was cut off. Uh, I hope to not have that problem repeat itself again, but. As I said, I'm a newbie, I'm a novice, and still learning, uh, especially the the technical aspects of podcasting. All right, I've rambled enough. On to Blue Jackets news. We have had an absolute doozy of the last couple days. We'll start off with this. Yarmo is out. In news that I should have been able to report months ago, Yarmo Kekalainen has been relieved of his duties as general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, if you've been listening to any other episodes of this podcast, you'll know that I've been advocating for this since last season, maybe even sooner. Yarmo did a lot of good things here. He really did. He, he loved and defended this city. He did his best, I'm sure. And I appreciate his efforts and all he did for this team. He he made sensible draft picks. Uh, he made trades that, that may have looked good on paper. But the fact is, the most important thing did not happen during his tenure. And that is sustained success. He did have some some success. I will give him that. But he did not have sustained success. He had one playoff series win in 11 years as GM. Only got to the second round one time. That is simply not even close to being good enough. Now, I I admire him for going all in in 2019. But looking back, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence as to whether or not that was the right move. I mean, sure, it got us our one playoff series win ever I get it but but it but was it truly the right move did it set us back more than what it should have I honestly don't know all right because of what because of what transpired we got nothing in return for Panarin or Bobrovsky we let Duchesne walk to Zingle he amounted to a complete waste of draft picks Now, I've read that some people out there believe that that year's team was was good enough to make it to the Stanley Cup final had had Boston not got the best of us. They would have made it to the Stanley Cup final. Maybe they were. I don't know. But you know what? They didn't. And in the NHL, all that matters is results. And Yarmo simply did not get the results. Five years later, we still haven't been back to the playoffs. And I can't tell you there's a great chance we will make it back there in six with this team that Yarmo built. Yarmo made 79 total trades during his time here and drafted 74 players. 
he handed out over a billion dollars in contracts. He certainly had every opportunity to turn this team into a winner. On a side note, I got to give it to Brian Hedger. He's he's just the the CBJ front office uh, lapdog, isn't he? I, uh, he he had the audacity to tweet out in quotations as to to indicate sarcasm that Yarmo didn't win enough, along with a screenshot of the team's record and accomplishments during uh, Yarmo's tenure here. No, Mr. Hedger, he did not win enough. That is the, I think it was the ninth worst record among all NHL teams during that time span. Ninth worst record and only one playoff series win in over a decade. No, he did not win enough, Mr. Hedger. And look at look at Yarmo, Yarmo's overall record. 410 wins. 362 regulation losses and 97 overtime losses. That's a losing record. If you count the overtime losses as what they are, losses, that is a losing record. No, Mr. Hedger, he did not win enough. And I'm just astounded that that someone can defend Yarmo like that. I mean, yeah, he did some great things. I, I, I get that. But NHL general managers have been fired with far better showings than Yarmo. I can't think of another NHL city off the top of my head whose team would have let a GM with this level of only minor success last as long as the Jackets let Yarmo stick around. It's just that this team seems to accept mediocrity. And the so-called reporter on their payroll just promotes that, I guess. I don't know. All right. Many people, including myself, uh, are questioning the timing of this firing. With it being so close to the trade deadline and with the team just continuing with the their record that they've had pretty much all season. I mean, why now? The team has been floundering since basically the beginning of the season. I mean, this this change could have been made months ago, and in my opinion, should have been made months ago. Instead, they waited until just weeks before the trade deadline. And I find that odd. But at the same time, and I, I don't know that I don't know the timeline behind all this, okay? Um, I don't know, honestly, how long this type of process takes. But I, I think it should have been made months ago. All right, now, I'm not sure I would feel the same way if he was fired in September, right after the Babcock debacle. I think that if they had made decisions at that time, they could have conducted interviews and had Yarmo's replacement at the helm within a few weeks. Okay. Now, and then that, that GM would have had 
had the time to assess his team's needs. He would do all the contract research, um, you know, truly get a feel for the team. And then he could head into the trade deadline with a plan, with a vision. I just think this team is in just as bad of a position right now with John Davidson and the other hockey ops personnel running the show because they may or may not have the same ideas for the future path of this team as, as Yarmo had. So, all right, as an analogy here, this situation is like what happened to me last year uh, during my last school year. Okay, I'm an elementary school teacher, by the way. So last year, we had our principal take a new job in another district in the fall. So a couple months into the school year. So our district had to hire an interim principal. Now that principal came in and did an admirable job. But he couldn't really make any big changes because that would have given us three-fourths of the school year to get used to all those changes and then someone else would come in and take over as principal this year and to be honest we didn't want that interim principal putting his mark on our school he knew and we knew that he was a temp so that's what's going on here okay now you can argue but JD is sticking around he's not a temp yeah maybe but do we really want him in charge of handling of handling the trade deadline deals? I'm not sure if I do. And speaking of John Davidson, I did read that he had some uh, serious health issues and the organization wanted to wait until he was healthy to go through the firing process. But I didn't read a whole lot about that, so I don't want to comment on something for which don't have all the information. That's just what I've heard. So who do the Jackets hire as the next GM? I was happy to read that they will be first seeking someone outside of the organization. Because I think that's what we need. All right, I think the last thing we need is Rick Nash jumping into the fray as GM. I do not want that at all. And Basil McRae and Josh Flynn they don't exactly fill me with confidence either. And I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Chris Clark moving up from the AHL uh, in Cleveland either. He seems to have a, he's, he's done a very good job at the AHL level, but I really think they need to get someone outside of the organization. Someone with a fresh perspective and someone who's been part of a very successful organization themselves. There's one person that comes immediately to mind and someone who has been the talk of extensive speculation as someone who's due for a, a head GM position in the, in the NHL. And that, that someone is Matthew Darsh. He is a former Blue Jacket, albeit for a short amount of time. But he is currently the assistant GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, a very, very successful franchise. They're a team that has built a consistent winner, but perhaps maybe trending downwards. Okay, They weren't as dominant as they were in the past few years. So I think this would be a perfect time for Darch to 
take the reins here in Columbus. He's been part of a, a, a team that was built to be a perennial contender. He knows what it takes to win. He's fairly young. I think he's my age. Uh, he's probably itching for his turn to make his mark in the NHL as a GM. So uh, he he offers an, an outsider's perspective, but yet has some history with the organization. So at this moment, with without admittedly doing much research on the subject, Matthew Darsh is my choice for GM. Now, I'm hearing a lot of good things about the guy out in Carolina. Tulski, I think his name is. So I'm going to do some research on him next. All I know is that I'm very excited about this news. All right. I And I do not mean to any, I don't mean any disrespect for Yarmo. He seems like a fantastic guy who loved the city of Columbus. And I'm, I'm sure he did his best to turn this team into a winner. It just didn't happen. Okay. It was time for a change. So I wish him nothing but the best. And I very much look forward to the next chapter in Blue Jackets history. One thing I learned this morning, um, any new GM hired from another NHL team's payroll cannot participate in this summer's draft. You know, kind of like having a a non-disclosure agreement. So that was news to me. And it means that whatever the timeline is for hiring a new GM, it looks like JD and OMG Mike Priest and Josh Flynn and Basil McRae and others in the organization, they're the ones that are going to be making the decisions on how this team's on the, how this team moves forward uh, with regard to the trade deadline. Okay, so that was my long segment on Yarmo. What else? Outdoor game. Now, last week, Mara, Mark, and I, we discussed that um, last week's episode when it was when it's more of, of just a strong rumor. Now it is almost official. It was announced by several, several uh, reputable sources, including John Bucigross. March 1st, 2025, next season, there will be a game at Ohio Stadium between the Jackets and the Detroit Red Wings. Very excited for this, and will do everything in my power to make sure I attend that game. It is going to be an, it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be an event, like when uh, TV shows want to want to try to make a certain episode of their show seem more important. They call it a television event, not a show, an event. Well. This is a Blue Jackets event, not just a game. It's an event. And I hope to be there. Who knows if and when we'll ever get this opportunity again. So that's all the big news in uh, Jackets land right now. We went from kind of a slow news week to utter insanity in a span of what? 48 hours? First the Line A podcast news, then the outdoor game. Then the Armo news. I, I doubt he will ever hear this, but Ian Phillips teased Twitter Wednesday night that there, were, there was going to be some big news coming. And boy, was he right. The stadium series news drops, and then the very next morning, Yarmo's fired. Now, 
some people were annoyed with the way he handled it. Personally, I loved it. I loved the tease. We knew something was up, um, so there was this, this sense of anticipation and all this discussion about what the news could be. I thought it was the Stadium Series announcement, but hoped it was Yarmo's firing, and it ended up being both. So I want to say kudos to you, Ian Phillips. Nice job bringing Jackets fans together to, to discuss the possibilities and, and get excited. That, that was just a lot of fun. And I hope you had, all, you had uh, fun listening to me ramble on about Blue Jackets news today. I'm going to wrap it up here, and I certainly hope you will tune in again. I'm going to try to vary things up here and there. You know, Sometimes it will be my solo commentary like today. Sometimes I'll have guest speakers. So you never know. Never know what will happen next week. In the meantime, as always, hit me up with comments, questions, suggestions, anything you have for the show. You can find me on Twitter at WhalerJacket. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great weekend. And as always, go Jackets.